You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. So the news of the day, if you're just joining us, it's just right before the show started. The Jets have found their next offensive coordinator, replacing Mike LaFleur, who uh, had the second worst offense in the league, well, is Nathaniel Mike, Hackett, well, so that means who Mike oversaw LaFleur's the next. worst offense in the, in the league. That means Mike LaFleur is next. He about, to get, he about to get hired next. Well, Remember? I thought that's why they parted ways, right? Yeah, he had yeah, all yeah. These he's just taking his time. He's taking his time. Sure. He, he wants to be courted. He wants to be treated accordingly. I see. Want to go down and make sure Tom Brady's not coming back. If Tom Brady's mm-hmm. coming back, then you know maybe he'll consider. Maybe he'll take a meeting with Tampa. <laughs> maybe he'll take a maybe. meeting with Tampa. Well, Robert Sala did speak. The Jets head coach did speak with the media just a little while ago. We played some of that for you earlier in the show. We'll play more of it for you a little bit later on. But first, let's get the first take from the man who's covered the Jets for a very long time. That is Rich Samini, who joins us right now. Rich, uh, just immediately your initial reaction to the news that the next head coach of the Jets is Nathaniel ha- next offensive coordinator of the Jets is Nathaniel Hackett. Well, you said how long I've been covering the Jets. I did cover Nathaniel's father, Paul yes. Hackett, when he was his Jets offensive coordinator from 01 to 04. Damn, you hated him too. So, <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, he had a rough go. You know, you know oh, the yeah. thing about Paul Hackett that people forget, he made three times under Herm Edwards, so they must have been doing something right there. Is that but when y'all had the time clock know, management team, though? Because I remember I played in one of yes. those games where y'all ran out of time after uh, uh, Jordan, what's his name, Jordan threw the uh, interception to Ed Reed. And then they yeah. ran out well, of time. They, I was there. There were some hiccups along the way, for sure. Rich, Rich, what, but, was, uh, what was his name, the time management coach? Dick, uh, his name was Dick Curl, by the way. <laughs> yes, so, it was. Uh, that's a trivia, trivia. We used to call him Grandfather Clock. He was an older gentleman. <laughs> But, well, one thing uh, all people know about is time, because they know they ain't got that much left. Yeah. So they, they keep attention, <laughs> pay attention to time. As, right. for, as for Nate Hackett, you know, I think where I know Jet fans are probably groaning because they associate him with his father and also with the, what Denver did last year. And there's no two, you know, there's no two ways about it. Denver was a bad offensive team last year, and he was a bad head coach. But he didn't get hired to be the head coach. He's the offensive coordinator here, and I think if you look at what was out there in terms of the number of positions that were open, I think there's 14 offensive coordinator positions open. And the paucity of really good candidates, I think it's a, a solid hire. I mean, the guy, he has play-calling experience, and I think that was essential. You couldn't go with another rookie like you had with Mike LaFleur. So you wanted an experienced play-caller who's been around some good programs. He obviously was the OC for three years in Green Bay. He called plays in Jacksonville and Buffalo. He got Blake Bortles to a championship game. So I think there's something to be said for that. Um, You know, he did have some clock management issues last year, so I guess it runs in the family a little bit. But, again, he was in the head coaching role last year, and now this is offensive coordinator. So I think all things considered, considering where the Jets are and what was available, I'm okay with the hire. Now, was this a safe hire? Was this a hire that is about – 
you know, um, solid being with somebody that he knows not going to come for his job, somebody that he knows that he has a working relationship with previously, somebody that he already is comfortable with being able to communicate, have tough conversations, and not take it personal. Was this the safe hire? Was right. this the I, second hire choice after Daryl Bevel? Well, that's a good question. I don't. I think Bevel would have been certainly a strong consideration because I think you know, a he wanted an experienced play caller. B, I think he preferred, though, though not you know completely a hundred percent. He really preferred to get a guy who runs the West Coast offense, which Hackett does. So now they have that continuity. And, you know, he wanted – I think it always helps to get a guy you know. And he obviously spent a couple of years with Hackett in Jacksonville. So, I think it checked those three boxes. Daryl Bevel checked the same three boxes. You know, so that would have – I don't know the answer to that question. You know, quite possibly he would have preferred Bevel. Bevel didn't want to interview for the job. There were a lot of rumors out there that Hackett, even though he did interview for the position, was very reluctant about taking it. He's getting paid – four more years by Denver. So essentially he's working for nothing for this job. And Sala alluded to that in his press conference saying, basically the guy could have sat on his couch for four years, but he wanted to, he wanted to be. And I think part of that, although the Sala didn't say this is that I think, I think Hackett wanted to get back in it right away and not take a year off just to show people that the Denver disaster wasn't on him, that there were a lot of other factors involved there. So, he so I think that's Wilson. one of the reasons why. Right, right. Well, Wilson and his and, and Hackett's team were a bad match from the beginning. I mean, it was just it was like a square peg in a round hole. That that scheme, it was just not the right quarterback. No, no Rich. And so I could understand. What I'm talking about this Wilson, <laughs> like to repair your. Oh, this Wilson. <laughs> well, no, that, this is not knowing who the quarterback is, it should be a major concern of his. Yeah, well, that was the other big concern, you know, is like you don't know who the quarterback is. Now, now Salah contends that they really didn't get into specific quarterback names during their interview. Sure. Um, the obvious, look, we all know the obvious connection there. We don't have to spell it out. You know, he spent three years with Aaron Rodgers. He's got a very close relationship with Aaron Rodgers. He did not call the plays in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur did, but he spent a lot of time with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers during the week. And so they have a good relationship, and I know that's just going to fan the flames even more that it's already been wild speculation about Rodgers coming to the Jets. I think it's premature to say, you know, that that's going to happen. I think certainly the Jets will be interested when they get to that point, but it takes two to tango. We don't know what Green Bay wants to do with him yet. So, But, yeah, that relationship will help if it comes down to that. When it comes to that, and we're talking with Rich Semini, who covers the Jets, obviously for us at ESPN, uh, when it comes to the Rodgers thing, like beyond the speculation of, you know, can they get him? We all know that if he's available in a trade, the Jets will do whatever it takes to get him. I, I think it's pretty clear that Woody Johnson made that clear at the end of the season. He, you know, he will do whatever it takes to get the best quarterback they can get, right? And that, and with him, as we all know, the relationship he already has built in with Zach Wilson, it all makes sense. You can have him short term, and maybe he can help Zach Wilson figure it out for the long term. That would be the perfect scenario. But beyond that, June 1st is an important date. We know it would take a little bit longer. It's not something that you would be able to do like right after the Super Bowl or before the or even maybe even before the draft. With that in mind, can you see that being a bit of a hang up for a Jets team that needs a quarterback and guys like Derek Carr and others might go off the table before Aaron Rodgers is even available to talk about in a trade? Right, the timing is going to be really important because 
it's not going to happen all at once. It's going to happen in stages. That's why the Jets have to really be careful how they plot out their strategy. Uh, the interesting thing with Rodgers, as you alluded to, Alan, um, so yes, the, the Packers, if they decide to trade him, they'd be better off waiting till June 1st because of the cap hit. However, it, it's not out of the question that they could trade him before June 1st. They would take a $40 million cap hit this year, uh, which is, which is might be the largest cap hit for any one player charge in NFL history. It's it's a big cap charge. However, you know, from the people I've talked to around the league, it's not something look, if they trade Aaron Rodgers, they're gonna be a rebuilding team. They're mm-hmm. shifting into a rebuilding mode. And so maybe they carry that cap charge for a year. Uh even if they don't the two sides could agree to a trade before June first and he'll just have to stay on the Green Bay roster until June first for cap purposes. So I wouldn't get too hung up on that June first thing. I think if the Rogers thing, I think the Rogers thing could happen in March if both sides agree to move on. In that case, it would make sense for Green Bay if they want draft picks for him because this year's pick, obviously, for the Jets' perspective, it's the thirteenth pick. You would want it before the draft for that for that purpose. You would want it, you know, well before June, so you have a thirteen pick. Because once they get him, those picks ain't going to be thirteen. Those picks are probably going to be in the twenties. So yeah. the more valuable pick yeah, comes this I- year. Yeah, I think if if any team trades for him, I think they would be more of like a two-pronged situation with draft picks. I think it would be picks this year and then next year because I think the team, like if I were the Jets, I would want to do a conditional trade, you know, based mm. on how long he plays. Yeah. You know, what, what if he bails in a year? I right. mean, what if he, you know, just says, uh, sorry, I'm going to retire in a year, and you give up a first-round draft pick? You don't want to be left hooked. You know, look that you look pretty foolish doing that. So I would, I think it'll be more of a conditional type trade based on how long he plays, how well he plays, and how much team success they're in. So it could be the Jets, and I'm just throwing, I'm just speculating here. They mm-hmm. give up, say, a third round pick in 2023, and then in the 24 draft, it could be a second round pick if uh, Rodgers, you know, plays a second year if the Jets make the playoffs. I think it's going to be a very complicated, and then there's the, the money issue. Everybody knows it's a $58 million bonus that he's due coming up before the regular season opener. He said the other day that he's willing to renegotiate that. The fact of the matter is someone's still got to pay him $58 million, no mm-hmm. matter how you want to slice it up. Someone's going to have to pay him. And so I think there'll probably be some provisions on that. It's going to be a very, very complicated trade if, in fact, he does get traded. Now, I, you know, I, I don't want to just focus on because Hackett wasn't the only hire of the day. The one that I'm excited about the most is the offensive line coach coming from the Tennessee Titans. I'm hoping that that means, you know, for the big ticket that it's more of a gap scheme, not this zone cutoff scheme. It's more of a power run game that I feel like this personnel that the Jets have with, uh, you know, uh, Langton, with Vera Tucker, who can be the pull motion guy, and, and big ticket can be like a, a gap power run scheme that's one of those break-your-will type of run games downhill to take advantage of the personnel they have. So I'm more excited about that. Do we expect them to go more to a gap scheme and, and kind of get away from this you know, primary zone, not under the center type of run game? I don't think so, Bart, because, you know, Hackett runs a West Coast offense. You know, he's from the LeFleur Shanahan tree, and we know that's an outside zone running scheme. So, um, my gut says they'll probably stick with that. But Green Bay does a lot of gap stuff, Rich. Green Bay does a lot of downhill power scheme stuff, double teams, 
you know, pullers and, and traps and wolves and things, whams and stuff like that a lot. Well, yeah, I was going to say, well, with Carter coming over, maybe they could have like a hybrid system, you know, and try to blend the two together. Obviously, Beckton is better in a gap scheme just because of his sheer size and power. Um, I don't think you could redo an entire scheme for one player, though. Uh, I, I do know this. Sala was extremely excited to get Keith Carter. I know it was a guy he had targeted. He said he was shocked that Tennessee fired him. I guess there were some philosophical differences there. So I know he pounced right away on Carter. It's been it's been someone who's been on his A list from from the moment he got free. Yeah, yeah. even if you go out there to uh, San Francisco, Rich Langton, you know that's that's a power run scheme out there with Shanahan. They do a lot of double. They pull in two guys. They pull in uh, Trent Williams from this tackle position to the front side. They're using him as a kick out um, kick out motion man. So they do a lot of that in, with Kyle Shanahan too. It's a lot of power double teams pulls. And whams and wolves there too. I can tell that you're you're excited about this. No, yeah, you're, uh, you're well, really into, you're, he's really into the blocking scheme. I think more fans are probably interested in the Aaron Rodgers connection, mm. but Bart's diving into the X's and O's. I I, I love it. I well, love it. May, I, I don't know what. It's mainly rich because of of Mackay Becton. And as Bart Bart's been talking about this for years, how he was misused last year and actually led to him getting hurt. And it feels like that you get the most out of him when you just make him a front, you know, a straight ahead runner, or a straight ahead blocker. Year. He was one of the best. Yeah. Well, I well, Salah said today they're going to have a revamped offensive line this year. So I think the only two guys who are assured of a, of a starting job right now would be AVT and Lake and Tomlinson, two guards. Uh, they're going to have a new center, and there might there they could have two new tackles. Now there's a chance that Beckton will be one of. You know, they got Max Mitchell coming back as well. They'll probably draft a tackle pretty high. Uh, but with Becton, I think – I don't know if the Jets are counting on him to be a starter. Uh, you know, the guy hasn't played in two years, basically. I think he looks good. I saw him a couple of weeks ago. He looks like he's in very good shape. There's still some concern about that knee, though. You know, he yeah. had that knee done twice. And when you're 370 pounds, which is what I'm told he is now, which is actually good for him um, – you know, that's a little bit of a concern. So I don't think the Jets are, like, etching him into stone as their starting left tackle. I think they're going to have to uh, explore other possibilities as well. All right, Rich. Uh, a story that's kind of circulated. And I, I ask you this because, again, as a beat writer, you, you got to feel – you know what the locker room is like. you got to feel for things and some things that stay in the notebook. But because this story circulated and even uh, there was, like, a response to it. So Sauce Gardner was apparently playing Madden, uh, and people noted that he was using Mike White as the quarterback. And so the, the assumption was that he subbed out Zach Wilson and started Mike White while playing. And he then had to go to, right. to, to social media and say, no, no, no. He was already in the game when I took when I took the controller and, you know, things were going well, so I left him in. What is, like, what is the sense you got in the locker room all season about how the room feels about Zach Wilson? Is it as bad as it seems where guys don't respect him? I know the offensive line wearing those T-shirts, the Mike White T-shirts and all that stuff. Like, is it that bad? Does he have a lot of work to do, not just on the field, but in that locker room to get any kind of respect from his teammates? I mean, it's not like he goes in there and no one likes him. Uh, I do think he's got some work to do. I've had players tell me that he needs to, to work on himself, you know, not only work on, him, on himself as a quarterback with his footwork and all the mechanics and yada, yada, yada. He needs to work on himself as a leader. I've had players tell me that. 
Uh, now, do they hate him? You know, I think they were annoyed with him when he made those comments after the New England game. Yeah. I know for an absolute fact that, you know, a bunch of defensive guys were not happy with that. You know, Zach got up in front of the team a couple of days later and was in tears as he apologized to the entire team, which I think went a long way toward mending those fences. But, uh, you know, is he the, I think what you said, Alan, really rings true and it resonates. The players, I think, really put it out there publicly that they preferred Mike White. I don't think mm-hmm. there was any question about that just based on the production on the field. You know, the offense was moving better with Mike White. And so it's probably not as bad. I mean, it's not like he's public enemy number one in the locker room. I just think he's seen as a young, talented player who's got a lot of maturing to do, who has had made some missteps along the way and was humbled. And that uh, maybe if a guy like Aaron Rodgers comes in, he could learn under Aaron Rodgers. That's his boyhood idol. I mean, if you're going to learn from someone who better than, than your boyhood idol, I think that would really help him to learn the professionalism of being an NFL quarterback. So is this something like like the, the Aaron Rodgers stuff that we're all, we've been talking about this now, it's almost two weeks now we're doing this, right? Is this something that you feel, Woody Johnson, after hearing what he said at the end of the season, that there'll be nothing to stop him? If he does become available, Woody Johnson is all in on getting him. Would you say all in from Woody Johnson about this? Yeah, of course the Jets are going to be very interested because they don't have a starting quarterback right now. So they're obviously going to be interested in, in a future Hall of Famer. The question, when you say all in, though, like what does that mean? Are you going to give up multiple number ones? I don't think I don't think any team is going to give up multiple number ones for a 30. You know, he's going to be 40 before the year's over. Right, but if there's competition, though, Rich, if there's competition, they'll, that always happens. You'll have another team that's willing to go a little bit far. Look, I just went through this with the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell, so that's why I'm bringing it up. Is there anything that would that that he would say that's too much? Because there's a lot of money there. Obviously, there's not a lot of guarantee when it comes to will he play another year. You don't know what you're getting. Well, it could be a one and done kind of situation, but because of the dire straits that they are in and the big question mark at that position, that's why I'm asking it. Is is there anything that would stop him? That would he would say that's too much. I'm not doing that. And then someone else could well, get him. Well, let me give this as some context. Before all this stuff came out about Deshaun Watson, and there was, remember, we went through that little stage, I think it was in January a couple of years ago. Are the Jets going to go after Deshaun Watson? Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that Joe Douglas was interested at that point, and he placed a call to Houston uh, to talk to Nick Casario. Again, this was before all this stuff came out. And Joe Douglas knew very well what it was going to take to get to Sean Watson, which was ended up being at least what three number one, right? Other stuff. So I think he was willing to, to to jump into the fray there if nothing had happened with Watson. Of course, everything changed as we know, and they never you know made another phone call. So that tells me that Joe Douglas would be willing to to you know really make a blockbuster type offer for a quarterback. But that was a quarterback who's what twenty six, twenty seven years old. This guy's 40. Uh, it's a little bit of a different situation. And also, I think the compensation in a trade would also hinge on how much of the contract you're going to take. If the mm-hmm. Jets take on that entire contract, which is basically $110 million guaranteed for two years, I think they would want some uh, relief in terms of the compensation. If they look, Green Bay, we're taking this huge contract off your hands. We're not going to give you a first-round pick. You know, We'll give you a second or a Ooh. third. But Ooh. take that contract off your hands. You know, you, it's almost like an NBA type trade. Um, so there's a lot of different sliding variables in this. 
Now, if it's Green Bay that says, well, we'll eat some of that contract, you know, to get more trade compensation, then maybe it goes that direction. So there's so many different variables on this one that it's really hard to project. But, yes, the bottom line is I do think the Jets will have a strong interest in him, as, as you alluded to, so will other teams. Awesome. Rich, great stuff as always. Love it when I get you to empty the notebook like you just did there. Thanks so much. He just All right, guys, column. have a good one. All right, yeah. good stuff. I mean, but I, it's that's so. Those are the things that again, a beat writer knows a lot of little things that aren't always like reported or they're not the headline, yeah. but they are good things to know. As now we are going into this off season with some things that you're anticipating. One of them, how much? To, how much do these guys not like Zach Wilson? Okay, he answered that question of where Zach Wilson is amongst that group. And the front office and the coaching staff have made it clear. So is the owner. We are not moving on from Zach Wilson. He is going to be a quarterback for us eventually, but we're not done with him. So that part we know. Now they're going to get another quarterback. They want to get a veteran starter, but they're not done with him. So I just wanted to know, where is that relationship in the locker room? And then on top of it, the other one, Woody Johnson said – that they are all in. They, they've got to get a quarterback. They know they have to. And so, okay, if you can get the guy with the one of the biggest names in the game, I was just curious if what Rich has been hearing about that type of pursuit before we go too far and really invest in covering this. And everything, I've, everything that Rich just said to me, Bart, says that we should keep talking about it because it could be a real thing. It all depends on what Green Bay ends up doing. And Adam Schefter said last weekend, that if they were going to move them, they're looking for two firsts. Now it's a matter of when do they get to that point that they are ready to start talking about moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Let's go to Unionale, talk to Alan. What's up, Al? Yo, what's going on, fellas? How we doing? Yo, Bart, man. I got you, Bartholomew. You're about to walk around with three feet on your feet, man. Three shoes on your feet. Watch. Give me a second. Hold on. But I want to talk to uh, Alan Han. Yo, Han. What? You heard Donna? Did you hear Donna? Yes. You heard how she said, I got a crush on you. Mm-hmm. Bro, that's the Jets, bro. I know. 
I remember the Jets. Fire. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like the way she brought it all together, right? She she sang right. a song by a group named the Jets talking about the Jets oh, with Bar Scott, who was fire. a Jet. Yo, bro, you just that went over my head. That's fire. You know what I'm that saying? That is fire. But yo, Bart, man, come on. So you're telling me if Aaron Rodgers wasn't on this team this year, we would not be in the playoffs? We'd probably be playing this Sunday. You bro. don't think so? A thousand percent. I'm all for it. Listen, what I'm saying is I'm not falling for the banana and tailpipe because Denver thought that, oh, because we hired him as a head coach, that Aaron Rodgers was coming. And he didn't come. So I'm not, I'm not going to be this, okay, what if we get the first overall pick, we get Zion Williamson. Since I've been in New York, nothing good has happened to New York. So I'm going to say no, nothing good is going to happen to it until it happens. I'm not going to celebrate. Nope, 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 nope. I'm not going to act like the, the Cincinnati Bengals um, players who are calling it Burrowhead because now you're poking the bear and you're tempting right. fate. Wow. That's a fact. And peep this also, too. Garrett Wilson is an Aaron Rodgers away from turning into Devontae Adams. Bro, peace on y'all. Peace to y'all, man. Appreciate you, Alan. I mean, by the way, you oh, see Mel Kuyper? We're going to get Kevin Durant because we got uh, – <laughs> we signed uh, – what's, uh, what's up with Jordan? He told him not to come. DeAndre? Yeah. And then they and then they hired also KD's friend to be the uh, the head coach, uh, not a head coach, an assistant coach. They brought him on uh, uh, Royal, Royal Ivy. They brought him in. It was all these remember, like obvious. Remember, KD's definitely coming. He's definitely coming. And then he did. Jonathan Mitchell's dad. Let's hire. His this dad. is Lucy and the football all over again. I bring this up all the time because that's how it feels. Let's, let's let's hire let's hire let's hire his dad, Jonathan Mitchell's dad. <laughs> well, not his dad. Who who they hired for Jonathan Mitchell? Well, no, what are you talking about? No, they, it was the. the but that was that was all the CAA clients. Who dad did we hire? Oh, that was Jalen Brunson. He actually came. Okay, never mind. But mm-hmm. he's not. He's not a superstar. He's a star, which is what I said today that pissed people off. I like that. Rich Rich loved the fact that you made a bigger deal out of the uh, Kevin Carter, the offensive line coach hire out of uh, yes the Titans. Rich Samini thought that was like he loved it that you were making a bigger deal of that. Your boy uh, Connor Hughes, he said that uh, four teams were actually trying to hire him, and he picked the Jets. You saw Brees Hall. He saw Beckton. He saw Vera Tucker. He saw Langton. Now we just got to get a right tackle. Hope that Beckton can be in. Like I said, go get Orlando Brown Jr. All things are fixed. Okay. We continue with the calls at 800-919-3776. Let's go to Joe in New Jersey. What's up, Joe? How you doing, guys? Good. I'm – I'm a season ticket holder to the Jets since 1980, so I, I've been on a, on, a, on a long ride with this team. Oh, boy. Uh, the only way that a guy like me can swallow this this uh, Nathaniel Hackett hire is if Aaron Rodgers comes along with it. Because I understand Samini says, oh, well, you know, the guy wasn't calling plays in, in, uh, as a head coach. He was, you know, he's, he's, he's worked with other quarterbacks, this and that. So, but if you want to look at him not as the head coach of the of the Broncos, his track record is sketchy at most. I mean, we know that the NFL is an incestuous league, and and you know this guy's getting hired because of his last name. Now, if you give me Aaron Rodgers into the equation, I don't think it matters much because I don't I don't think the offense offensive coordinator. Is is as much of a factor with an Aaron Rodgers on the center as you know a Mike White or a Zach Wilson or whatever. I mean, at this point, have we not learned that we hired a coaching staff 
when we knew we had the second overall pick in the draft, and we all knew that we were going to ha- we were going to draft a quarterback, mm-hmm. we brought in a coaching staff that's <clears throat> inexperienced. A rookie. Right. Yeah. You brought, yeah like exactly. what you, what happened was is that you brought in inexperience to coach inexperience, and that's exactly. really it's such a bad formula. Well, I mean, remember that's, Greg. Remember Greg Knapp was supposed to be the experience. That I know. And that's the thing that, that he was. He was supposed to be the yes. the head coach. That's the assistant. Yes. Much like when Joe Judge came, they brought in Dave, uh, not Dave Gettleman, uh, Jason Garrett. They tried to do that, but he passed away, unfortunately. And, yeah, and no. They're saying that's what really hurt it because Sala was solid that he could fix the defense, which he did. Mm-hmm. And he thought Nat was going to be the guy that fixed the offense, to, run to, the offense. Well, to take care of the quarterback stuff. And then, right. obviously, you know, LaFleur had the, the system. And that, that was all supposed to work that way, and they were missing a key piece. So now he's got to rebuild his coaching staff. And the offensive line hire you love. The offensive coordinator hire, we're all sort of like wondering, is this, you know, like, I mean, it's that frustration of, is this a safe hire or are we just making too much of one bad year in Denver versus eight years of experience of running offenses and coaching different quarterbacks and having well, I'm just some glad that he's not a first-time guy. Success. Oh, God, yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you on that one, but. Look, I would love this to be just like the Clueless Joe headlines when Joe Torre was hired as the manager of the Yankees. I would love for this to be that where we're all like next year going, whoa, okay, this looks great. We were wrong. I always want to be wrong. But the feeling is, and you're hearing it from a lot of Jets fans, is this sense of, wait a minute, we had the second worst offense and we brought in a guy who had the worst offense? (laughs) Are we Hold going the wrong beer. way? Hold my beer, Jets. Yeah, exactly. Let's go I to Sal in Brooklyn on this. So, Sal, what's up? What's going on, boys? Hoping all is well, man. Hey, Likewise. you guys always bring it, man. Hey, 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 but with Simmons on the court, he's not afraid to take shots. Sometimes he's afraid just to dress up and get on the court, man. So he's got a lot of things he's got to prove before the next move on with him. Yeah. With Hackett, it's like an old Clint Eastwood movie. He's dealt with the good, he's dealt with the bad, and he's dealt with the ugly. He's nothing He's he's nothing but a coordinator who's not cut out to be a head coach. There have been others, whether it's Turner, Wanstatt, the kid in Oakland, Matt Patrice. Some guys just ain't cut out to sit on that sideline and manage men. Mm-hmm. Some are there just to be these offensive coordinators. Hopefully this guy works out. Hopefully, for the Jets' sake, no matter yeah. what happens with this dude, whether you get Aaron Rodgers or not, hopefully they make the right decision. We, we're we not Karnak. We can't predict, but it's better than what they had. Well, we do have Bar- well, thank you, Sal. We do have Barstradamus, though. He can predict things. Oh. Barstradamus has predicted things for for many years. Oh, yes. And I wonder if Barstradamus could just appear for a moment. Hackity hack. Don't come back. <laughs> oh, yes. I see. I see a red zone. No! Under Nathaniel Hackett, it becomes a green zone. The jet zone, as the Jets move to top 10 in NFL scoring. Oh! Oh, yes! Oh, my head, the pain. <laughs> I can't see who's behind center. Oh, but it reminds me of Con Air. He looks like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, John Wick. Ah! Too early. I'm going back to bed. Okay. Barstradamus. It was wonderful to get like just a moment 
So I guess Bart Barshadamas couldn't quite see who was under center. It wasn't clear yet. But yeah. you never know. Yeah, you know, Magic 8-Ball always hitting off. You just never know. All right, let me, let, all right I'm going to ask you right now, at this moment, put a percentage on Aaron Rodgers wearing a Jets jersey. What, what, what was his number in college? Was it nine? Number nine. So I get no, – because no, no, he can't no, wear 12. Number something else. Number it was a single digit, though. Maybe yeah, it was Elijah eight. Moore was Elijah Moore. It was Remember eight, whatever. Yeah, Elijah that's right, it was Elijah Moore. Or they'll just cut Elijah Moore if you don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> no, they won't do that. They'll just pay him some money. Um, give me a percentage right now. On 35%. January 20 – can I just finish? Because I was trying to set it up. Yeah, I was... January 26, 2023. Bart Scott, a percentage of chance that we will see Aaron Rodgers as the Jets quarterback next season. 32%. Wait, wait. You just said 35. That's because you you messed the percentage up because you changed history. How did I change history? Because you asked it and I was ready to come with it, but then I had to change it. Excuse can, me? It can't be the same thing. 32%, that's, which that's, is almost a third. Y- yes, <laughs> but it's a low percentage. Yeah. It's no high percentage. Nobody has a 50%. Only person that has over a 50% chance is the Green Bay Packers because they already got them. Everybody oh, else true. is going to be a piece of a piece. That's but a lot if, when you consider. All right. You know, I'll take 32%. It's still better than zero. Yeah. Now, your, your, your chance of Lamar Jackson, 3%. Why th- three's high? Because I, I, I didn't think there was any chance that they could get Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you throw enough ones in there, hey. Well. Throw three ones in there. Two twos. What do you what do you tell? Are you telling me that Joe Douglas is still going to call Baltimore anyway just Damn to straight. see? Yeah, you, wouldn't you want to get your quarterback position secure for the next fifteen years? Uh, I yeah, mean, I mean, yeah, I would like that. That's, that'd that's be fifteen years, baby. That'd be wonderful. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and. Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right. So every Thursday, Bart Scott makes his appearance on Get Up on ESPN TV. 
And he usually says things that set people off. We give him an opportunity to walk it back or double down in a segment we like to call Bart's Bits. <laughs> just feels like it needs to have some type of bit. I thought, I thought, you know, like music or something. Would have been great. There. Oh, okay, there we go. Not enough O's and smooth. I like that. <laughs> All right, let's begin with you talking about the Niners Eagles matchup in the NFC Championship game and how San Francisco's defense is going to get after that Eagle offense. They won't expose um, Hurts, and he putting it in the belly. He does not have any protection. You take his head off, and you get your money's worth, and if it costs you 15 early in the game, who cares? We'll make it up. But they, we will take that element away. So you're saying hit Hurts hard, it, and, and the, the, the issue is the shoulder. So we were talking last week about landing on him, right? That's what you want is you want to land green. on him with your weight. Green, green. it ain't yeah. about the shoulder. It's about getting the best shot you – I ain't talking about no body part. Everything is weak. He's a quarterback. Yeah. I understand he's a power <laughs> lifter. I don't care. I'm a DN. I do this for a living. I'm in the hurt business. I'm in the hurting business, he said. Now, there was a tweet that was sent when you said that to the Barton Hunt account at Barton Hunt on Twitter. Yeah. And it's from a man named Aaron, who's an Eagles fan because the picture of him and his family are all wearing Eagles jerseys. And he's a proud father of two. But in the tweet, he says this, Bart Scott just called Jalen Hurts weak. I think Hurts could beat him in any athletic contest, including lifting and boxing. What do you say to that, Bart? First of all, I'm from the real land of hands. Uh, if you want to warm up, I'll, I'll warm up with your ass first. <laughs> you and you like, woo. I don't know if Jalen can rest with this. First of all, second of all, first of all, I'm forty. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm forty. Second of all, I'm a linebacker. I don't care what you lift. I am a linebacker. I am a trained killer. <laughs> you asking me to do to a dude that's two foot thirty, two thirty five to what I? How about you go check the resume? and ask the Willie Colognes and ask the, the dudes that's 300-plus what the hell I did to them. You damn straight. He weak. Because I'm a killer. You better ask some damn body. I got a resume of guys that I put on the shelf. You want to be next? Send another picture. I'll show up at your IP address. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, by the way, is listed at 6'1", 223. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, Listen, is, is he still 223? Oh, whatever he is, man. Like, stop it, bro. All right. Like, we're talking about Tim Tebow was high big. Asked yeah. Tim Tebow when he was with Denver what the hell I did to him. He thought he thought I was the Holy Ghost. I hit his ass so hard. <laughs> but the bottom line is what you're saying is if you're the Niners, you want to get after him early. And when you get a chance to deliver a hit, it's like sending that message. Yes. He right, has no Mr. T, I got a lot of mo. I got he a lot of mo. He not have no protection when he put the ball in the belly. He's a right. runner. No protection. Right. So you can, you can hit him like a real player. People are trying to hit him as you, when you, when he's out there and you don't know if he's about to slide on you. You right. got to hit him, you got to hit him like a like a quarterback. Okay. All right, moving on. So, you talked more quarterbacks on get up and as we continue with Bart Spitz. So now these we're talking about now the quarterbacks left in this playoffs, the superstars. In this league too often, we confuse good with star with superstar. It is only three superstar quarterbacks in this league. It's Allen, Burrow, and Mahomes. Everybody else are, are to a certain extent is a product of a of a system. 
Jalen Hurts is not a superstar. And if Philadelphia decides to pay him like he's a superstar, you have to capitalize early on in the first couple of years of a big extension because you have to start saying goodbye. See, again, shade at Jalen Hurts. It's the truth. Isn't doubt? Didn't Michael Parson just say the same thing about his quarterback that we thought was a star that deserved his money, Kinda and then did. he got paid the money? And two years within, he like, hey, well, all the teams that's in the playoffs, yo, they got a bunch of players because they got a quarterback on a rookie deal. Yes, because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Say goodbye to your teammates if you want their money. It was spread out, but amongst everybody. But if you want to take more of the piece of the pie, then you got to be able to make up for the loss of them. Right, we'll and you're saying that hurts hurts is is it's just and there's nothing wrong with it because most of the league most is this. Everybody's a system guy. Yeah, like the f- there are only a few great quarterbacks, and, got, and the good got, ones are yeah. system guys who have good good pieces around them. Right, and the reason they got good pieces, and the reason why the outlier was Tom Brady because he was a great player that still gave money back so that he can have great guys put in within the system. So he was always surrounded by guys that probably wouldn't be able to stay, but he mm-hmm. gave up money to be able to sign him. And they made a sacrifice by not taking more money somewhere else that they could have got more money from. Amadola could have got more money somewhere else. All right, so I, I want to get through a couple of the last few here because these are good, really good. Bart again on Get Up as he is every Thursday. This is Bart's Bits. And so this is now something very interesting, the matchup of Mahomes and Burrow once again. And you said if this happens – Something needs to be done. Take a listen. Listen, this is a bad matchup even if Patrick Mahomes is 100%. Listen, this is a lot more at stake than just the wins and losses and the, and the right to go to the Super Bowl. I think if Joe Burrow uh, wins this game, you have to pass the baton as the best quarterback in the game. I mean, I've beaten you four times, and I've beaten you when it mattered the most. Not when I caught you slipping. Not when it was a, a long game after a back-to-back or a road stint. I've come into your house yeah. and taken what you want. Now, we always talk about rivalries. We talk about the Tom Brady. We talk about the Peyton Manning rivalry. I went back and forth. This is a one-sided rivalry, and you have to give Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals their due. So, as you said, if Burrow wins this one, Mahomes has to hand him the crown. Yeah. Out of captain. Look at me. Look at me. I don't care about your state farm. They can't save you. I don't care about your bath bombs. Look at me. <laughs> Out of captain. Think about it. In this your is Burrow, place. This is Burrowhead, not Arrowhead. Ooh. I own this place. I'm that's what makes. Look at me. What, Look at me. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? <laughs> yeah, I'm your daddy. That's what makes this game so compelling. All right, last but not least. So that game obviously is compelling. Everyone is picking the Eagles to beat the Niners. Everyone except, of course, Bart Scott. And they use mallets to break the tiny helmets to decide it, and this is what it sounded like. I'll tell you what, I think this game is going to come between you know, the football acumen of the coordinators and other coaches, and I think if you want to give the advantage to anybody, you know that the advantage goes to Shanahan. <laughs> That's how we rolling, baby. Oh, wow. Fly, Eagles, fly. Not today, baby. So you're picking the Niners while everybody else on the panel picked the Eagles. Yeah, they just they just like they like Oregon Trail. They just follow the herd. Me, mm. I dare to be different and be great. Well, we shall see where this goes. All right, that's Bart's bits every Thursday on Get Up on ESPN, and then tomorrow, of course, you can catch Bart on First Take, as always, like he is every Friday. Bringing the heat as always. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on ninety eight point seven ESPN.